I can only describe it by making a noise. I felt this like, like coming through my chest into the rest of my body. Um, and so that, that energy that I was feeling in my body was going into my deck. I'm Autumn Brown, a queer science fiction writer, a theologian, a mother of dragons, and a healing justice facilitator for social movements living in rural Minnesota. And I'm Adrienne Marie Brown, author of Emergent Strategy, co-editor of Octavia's Brood, writer, facilitator of Black liberation work, auntie extraordinaire, doula, and pleasure activist living in Detroit. And this is How to Survive the End of the World our podcast about learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity. In today's episode, we are going to talk to you all and to each other about a shared spiritual practice that we have of reading tarot. Start over. Remember your innocence. The strength this card suggests is a much deeper force that's found within. Trust your path. Take a plunge. Leap before you look. They are a master of focus, compassion, and self-control. Now you might ask, what could this possibly have to do with learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity? Um, But our shared practice of reading the tarot um, has actually been a source of enormous groundedness in both Adrian and my life. Um, and because the tarot is um, a, a very old practice, um, a very deep practice, because there's so um, many ways to engage with the tarot, so many ways to um, pull lessons from the tarot, we feel like it is actually a particularly um, pertinent and important practice for how we interact with our projections. Um, how do we interact with all of the ways that we project our experiences um, or our beliefs about the world onto other people, onto ourselves? Um, the tarot can be a really useful way of um, of seeking wisdom as opposed to um, moving with assumption. As always, we want to bring an Octavia quote in as something that's going to ground us or that we feel grounds us in this. So today, um, the quote that we have is, again, from Octavia Butler's Earthseed, which is in the Parable of the Sower, Parable of the Talents. Earthseed. Earthseed. Um, which I am so excited because I just got the new edition of both of those books with the Paul Lewin art on it and Toshi Reagan's yes. intro for my collection, which just they're the most beautiful so versions beautiful. that I've ever and seen like cover. I just feel like Octavia's sitting somewhere being like yes that's the, that is the that cover that was the way I wanted it to be <laughs> exactly <laughs> so I don't know why Octavia's talking like that now, but... <laughs> more like that was the way I wanted she's it like, to be she's like literally that's not how she's I was like talking. I have the deepest possible voice she's like not that way <laughs> once again not that way so I just feel like Octavia's sitting in heaven all the time shaking her head at me like I'm not in heaven just stop <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, so here's what she said. Belief initiates and guides action or it does nothing. And I love this quote because I really do think for me, one of the reasons that I have moved towards or away from different spiritual beliefs and practices has been if I see people using it in a way that moves them into action and actually shifts and changes and impacts how they show up in their daily lives, the way they interact with other humans, how much care they take of the planet or not. I'm like, how is this actually impacting what you do and how you show up in the world? And if it doesn't, I don't really want to hear about it. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm not really, you know, it's just like, I don't really understand. I'm like, I don't know what it's doing for you. Mm -hmm. If it's doing something for you, great. But if I can't feel it, if I can't feel into it, then it's not as interesting to me. Or if the thing that it's doing for you is also like, if fundamentally in contradiction with like the stated nature of the beliefs. Like, I think this is one of the things that, I know both of us have struggled with a lot around, um, you know, being raised in the Christian church. And for me, I, um, you know, I, my, 
my educational background is that I did a lot of deep theological study with a focus on the um, Hebrew oh, yeah. Bible and You're the totally early a theologian. I, mean, I am a theologian and the, and the early Christian church and the yes. early Christian monastics. And so for me, there, there was like a, um, as a part of my theological journey, there was certainly a deepening of my spiritual practice, but with the deepening of my spiritual practice also came like a sort of necessary breaking away from the yeah. systems and institutions that now represent the Christian faith because they in no way represent the way the Christian faith like originated or yep. what the purpose of it was or how anarchic and how um, mm. anti-state it was and mm -hmm. um, how fundamentally it, it was like anti-materialistic and very, very radical. Yeah. Um, and so because of all those things, it's sort of like, you know, I mean, there's so much to say about the way the Christian church has evolved its presentation of Christianity over, um, you know, thousands of years, literally. But one of the things that we see in the way it's presented in the United States right now is this, you know, people in the U.S. are really brought, bought into this sort of like prosperity gospel aspect of the Christian faith of like, you know, our material wealth is a representation of our blessing. Mm, um, yes. And that is so counter to <laughs> literally everything literally that like, the like rich man can't Jesus go was talking about. Needle, yeah. right? <laughs> well, and it's not only, you know, I feel like it's true for Christianity and I feel like it's true in almost every space where people have organized around religion. It feels like, oh, and then our human stuff slips into that organization and then all of a sudden we find like whatever the original tenets of the the religion are get distorted through that lens yeah right and so i look and i'm just like oh i see so many of these spaces are saying oh it's all about peace it's all about being meek it's all about doing unto others it's all about these things but then in practice it becomes still about hierarchy about prosperity mm -hmm. about um power dynamics inside of whatever the conditions yeah. are of oh you've been here the longest or you praying the hardest or you're showing up to every mm -hmm. single thing or you're like leading the choir or whatever it, it becomes is like about making and well, exactly and so for, uh, yeah that too yeah and yeah. so one of the things that I have always appreciated about tarot and we'll get in a little bit more to like defining even like what are we talking about when we say tarot in yeah. a minute but um one of the things I've always appreciated about tarot is that um, the the way in which the a tarot deck um, exists as a place for you to cast your projections into and see what comes back yeah. is very obvious. Yeah. So it's not like yes. um, it's not like a lot of systematized religious traditions in that there is an enormous amount of projection and ideology happening without any awareness of it. Exactly. All, it's like tarot in a way exists to make make your projections and your ideology and your assumptions manifest so exactly. that you have to kind of reckon with them. Exactly. And that's one of the things I love about working with a deck. I love that you said that because I was just sitting somewhere this morning. I was sitting somewhere and I was just thinking about this, how like... Where were you sitting? Somewhere, somewhere in the house. <laughs> Probably on the toilet. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're around... Like, I love how honest so, you are. Well, I mean, it's just the truth like, of the matter. on it's the like, toilet is I know, Well, the, the truth is like it's family holiday time. <laughs> And Where am I gonna be in every peace? place I go, like in my bedroom, it's like the kids are in there like, can we play Nintendo? And like every other place is like, you know, just loving family waiting to be loving together. Right. And then occasionally my deeper introversion thing pops out and I'm just like, I need alone time. So I will go in the bathroom sometimes and just have the toilet seat down. It's not like I'm getting busy, but I'll just sit there and just have a moment. I wouldn't judge you if you were. I mean, who doesn't do some of their best thinking on the actual toilet like while I getting busy? Love. That might need to be a whole other episode. <gasps> Oh, my God. Creativity <laughs> and fecundity. Yes. yes. I love you so much. Okay. Pause. So, <laughs> but the thing I was thinking on that toilet was I, <laughs> I love you so much, dude. All right. <laughs> the thing I was thinking on that toilet was that the common thread between all the spiritual practices in my life now are that they are accessible to anyone. Mm. Right. When I look at somatics, when I look at tarot, when I look at spells and witchcraft, when I look at all the things, I'm like, this is something that everyone can have access to. Mm -hmm. Everyone can get in practice of. And yes, there is rigor needed to develop, you know, 
skill and to actually open that portal and to actually know how to close that portal and to actually right be in right relationship with your magic or be in right relationship right. with spirit and to God. make it a practice. But it's got to be a practice that anyone can do for me to really want to take it on. Mm-hmm. And so tarot, right? Tarot comes in that. And I think the first thing, and maybe we can just, I'd love to ask you this and I'd love to think about this myself is what was your introduction to tarot? Mm. Like how did you first come across tarot? Were you immediately interested or were you kind of skeptical or like, yeah, just what, yeah. how did you get started? Well, so what's really interesting for me is I think I, I, I'm realizing, I'm like, I think I never had a tarot reading before the first tarot deck that I had. What? You know, I, I never received a tarot reading from anyone. But what happened was, um, well, a couple of things happened. There was a long stretch of time in which my partner, Genjo, really basically kept saying to me like you are a witch <laughs> just like be a witch stop um, hiding your witchness like, stop hiding the fact that you're a witch like just let yourself be a witch and I'd be like no you're the witch um, <laughs> and um, I had folks in my life who I knew were doing tarot practices um, and actually through the work when I was organizing the um, healing justice track and healing justice practice space at the Allied Media Conference between like 2011 and 2013, we often had um, healing practitioners who were doing tarot practices as a part as like their offering in the healing practice space. So I I had folks like Lee Lakshmi actually who were like you know they were doing tarot in spaces. I so I think part of my like my my main introduction to it was just knowing that like other femmes who I really deeply respected and loved were yeah. starting to do it. Yep. And then Sam Genjo gave me a tarot deck and that happened probably, I think it happened in like 2012, maybe, okay. um, maybe 2011. It was, it was a while ago. And the first deck he gave me was the Wildwood tarot, yes. um, which is like a, a very much like a Celtic tarot deck, um, or coming out of like a Celtic uh, representation um, and also very much like a climate change deck. So the folks who created that deck were really thinking about how does this tarot deck assist people in getting in right relationship with the earth. Oh, I um, love that. It was really, it's a very powerful deck in that way. Yeah. It, some people feel like it's really problematic because, you know, it being a very Celtic deck, it also, you know, most of the physical representations of people are white people yeah. in the deck. Um, not universally, Celtics. but, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> Celtics, they're, they white. Um, they're like, so, you cover our phones, you cover your phones. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you mm. know, and, and it, you know, and for that reason, that was part of why I started to kind of move away from that deck as well. But I used it intensively for years. Um, and I love that deck. And I, you know, I, it's funny because one of the few, um, representations of a person of color in that deck is um the green woman mm. and that is a card that I pulled repeatedly for years like I would pull wow. the green woman card for years and years um so hmm. um so so and actually that that pattern of having specific cards that you will pull over and over and then having other cards that you will never pull from a deck for yourself yeah. um is part of what um moved me in in relationship to tarot yep. in ter- especially in terms of this earthseed quote of like yes. what is what is the role of belief in all of this yeah. that the way that i became someone who really believed in the power of tarot was by experiencing directly that like the pattern is there yeah. and it's very obvious if you are a regular user yep. <laughs> yeah, um, it yeah it's very very clear and then the wisdom that um comes from the pattern is also it comes through so clearly in a really um poignant way that is hard to ignore so once I started using tarot it was like it became really clear to me what like what was being spoken to me about my patterns and my needs and what changes I need to make and then it was it's like oh well I'm accessing this wisdom myself how could I ignore this at this point it's not like I'm like have a teacher who's telling me something that I can be like well they fucked up in that way you know what I mean like <laughs> I'm just like no this is yeah. just me in the deck by myself by apparently. myself <laughs> um Getting so that that was self. my journey <laughs> what was your how did mm. you end up in in tarot land um you know, I, I got a few, I did get a few readings and I'm trying to remember now the order of things. Mm-hmm. If I got the readings before, I think I got at least two readings before I ever got a deck. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think I was like, yeah, this is cool. You know, I get it. But I don't, I couldn't imagine like That's doing it reaction to like so many things. Basically everything. Cool. <laughs> I was like, this is pretty cool. That's <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I do, I'm pretty full of wonder. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but I got some readings and I think I was more in the tendency of astrological readings, but then I kept coming across people who were also doing tarot and being like, eh, interesting, interesting. And then I did a community of practice year long um, for the Engage Network where I was helping um, guide a group to think about decentralization and networking. Mm-hmm. And one of the folks in that group at the end of it was like, hey, I want to continue to be in practice with you. And one of the and I think we sh- could do it by studying um, Osho. And I was like, Osho, okay. So we agreed that we would both buy the Osho Zen Tarot deck because it just felt like it felt like, oh, this will be an easy way. We can just like pull cards each day and kind of learn the Zen approach, you know, sort of the Osho Zen approach through that. That deck is gorgeous. Right? It's a stunning deck. So that was the year I went on my sabbatical. So I got it like right before I went on my sabbatical. So that was the deck that went with me. And I traveled six different countries over the course of six months and spent between two weeks to a month in each of these different locations and was in a very, what felt like a very deep unwinding from yeah. how how I had thought of myself and what I thought my offering was to give to the world and really like trying to step back away from all that and say what, what it actually brings me joy and is actually of use to movement, right? Mm-hmm. Like not just elevates me, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, now I'm the boss of things or now I'm the this yeah. of things, right? <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, now that I've tasted all those things, I'm like, that's not satisfying. And I don't think that's the most useful thing I could do here. And so I felt like that tarot deck was such a grounding force because, because it was tied in with Zen, it was very much about like, let go of all this attachment that's just causing you to suffer. Right. Let go of all this sense of self, 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 self. That's not real. All the, you know, like you're creating this suffering, you're creating this, like so much of it was just like you know, get more curious about what's going on and get more um, rooted in your interconnectedness to the entire world without attachment. And I was like, woof, this is everything. I love it. So I was using that deck and then I got um, back to back two really amazing reads in my life. One from Shira Hassan, who was doing readings out of Mm. her place in Chicago. Love her. Shira is everything. (laughs) Um, She's another person who I know will be on the show in the future. We have to have her on the show. And then Leah Lakshmi Piepsna Samaris Sinha did an amazing read for me. Love her. And her read... Her read for me, a lot of it was around this concept of specialness and letting go of specialness Mm. and, you know, sort of being able like, how can I be in specialness, but how can I move towards also the specialness of all or like not needing that specialness or, you know, there's so much that was like, this is like very particular and clear in a way that Mm -hmm. was like, ooh. And she was using this deck called the Collective Tarot Deck. Oh, yeah. So I got obsessed with that deck because it was like, oh, this is a collective of people who made this, who are radical, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like based in Northwest. So I went looking for that deck and I found a web, a Facebook page for them. And it was like hella, you know, like conflict happening there. So I reached out and I was like, hey, if I can support y'all to resolve this conflict so you can make more decks (laughs) in exchange for a deck, can we do that? And they ended up sending me a deck. And I did do conflict support for them. And in the end, it was like, oh, at the end of this conflict, we actually don't need to continue doing this. The best move actually is to step back and let the project Mm. go. And so but then I I had the collective tarot deck that I got to use and continue to use. And it's a very precious and very sacred deck to me. And. And so unique. It's so unique. And so, you know, it really is. I'm like, oh, and I think it's opened up the door for a lot of other decks that are now being like, oh, it's okay to be overtly radical in the tarot space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had not seen it that clearly, but the, you know, I think the one that Shira was using was the mama piece deck. I think that's the name of it. Oh yeah. Mother Mother piece. piece. Mother piece. Um, and, and that one, I love that that deck. It's the circles Mm -hmm. and it's like a ton of people of color, a ton of films. Um, and then, and then I've continued to now start to accumulate decks. And so I think I have a total of eight or nine decks now that are mm-hmm. like between my house and what I, I travel with three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still feel like a lightweight. My Now I think <laughs> of one of my people who's like in the tarot mentor zone is Alta Star, who's one of my um, black organizing for leadership and dignity comrades. Mm-hmm. She has, I think, 78 decks. Oh and, my God. Yes. And she is another person I really want to have on the show sometime just to talk about all this because she does these tarot reads for people where it's like, here's a read for your whole life. Like here's the main card that 
is the setting for your whole life. And here's some of the other cards that are going to play out throughout your entire life. Wow. And then here's some stuff that's going to happen like on a yearly basis and all that. Just these gorgeous reads that are very accurate. Wow. So I'm like, okay. She kind of gave me permission. I'm like, you can't have too many decks. Like, <laughs> as long as you're using you them. You don't even know them. what kind of deck you might need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm working on a deck now, which is the oh, yeah. final piece of it, which is um, working with Alta and another person named Chelsea mm-hmm. and with the artist Krista Franklin. And we're like very much at the beginning of this process, but we're making an Octavia-inspired deck. <gasps> yes. That needs to be in the world. Doesn't it need to be in the world? That's yeah. what we think. But it's just like finding the time. So 2018 is going to be the year of really landing that deck. And, and figure out how to get it out into the world. Yeah. So that's my journey with the I tarot. love that. And I love I love that you have so many decks that you work with. And I think that that's so wise because truly it's like, uh, I mean, I, I think there's such an intimacy that you form with a deck, yeah. which is such a funny thing to say. But it's true. It, it's so true. And there's like a... There's a way that different decks serve different needs at different times, and that's something that you kind of only can get through practice and that you kind of, you need access to multiple decks to even know that. So, like, you gave me the Osho Zen deck at some point a few years ago, and then I had those two. And then somewhere along the way, I got gifted the Carolyn Miss archetype deck, which oh, is one yes. of my favorite decks. Yeah. It's not, and it's not a traditional tarot deck. It's literally what it sounds like. It's a deck of archetypes. Yep. yep. So, you know, like orphan one, yeah. and virgin and yeah. father and. They have horror in um, there. Huh? They have horror in there. Horror. They have femme fatale. They have e- sure. everything. And, <laughs> I was like, just and there's make blank sure. cards that you can okay. use to make other <laughs> archetypes oh, if you want. Um, like, ethical it, slut, actually. <laughs> ethical slut. <laughs> I need both a light side and a shadow side. Exactly. Um, And then, yeah, for every architect, there's a light side and a shadow side. And then um, almost a year ago, Genjo gifted me the deck that I'm currently using, which is the Wild Unknown Tarot. yes. And he gifted it to me, but then I didn't actually start using it until um, the eclipse of this past year. So it was, like, brand new when I, like, I brought it with me to the eclipse. I love that. Isn't that amazing? And, like, charged it up. Um, You better charge it up. I better charge it up. charge it. Um, But, and and actually, one of the interesting things. Wait, actually, can you slow that down? What do you mean when you say, I charged it up? Oh, I charged it up. Literally, I had it, um, I, when I went, so I had this incredible eclipse experience. Yeah. Um, I had the fortune of traveling with some of my coworkers to a farm in South Carolina where like one of my coworkers had a friend um, who was living on this farm at the time and he like opened his home and his like family reunion eclipse party that was happening to a group of us like kind of some of whom were friends some of whom were strangers and nice. we all just kind of converged there and why was um, that farm special like um, uh, in in terms of the eclipse oh like, it was South special Carolina? because it was directly in the path of totality mm-hmm. um so we we went there and and it was truly it was it was an, just an incredible experience on many, many, many levels. Yeah. Um, uh, the person who hosted us there was incredible and has become like a beloved person in my life. Yeah. Um, and the family that was there that like we it, it kind of became this like weird temporal. We are all we are all representing each other's family to each other. experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so we so I had brought um I had brought like a temporary altar set up for myself to the eclipse. And so I sat on the grass behind this beautiful red barn. Um, and as the eclipse was starting, I set up this um, piece of cloth with a bunch of crystals, including some amethyst that um, my children had found in Lake Superior yes. earlier in the month. Um, and um, some of which I kept for myself, some of which I like ended up giving to my best friend on her wedding day, like Aww. a couple of months later. But then I also brought my tarot deck and I brought yeah. the entire deck and had it on the altar throughout the entire eclipse. And then I also pulled cards at multiple points during the eclipse. So That's like great. at the very beginning, right when the um, totality, right, right when the actual totality happened. Yeah. And then after the totality was over, so I pulled multiple cards. And so... Um, and when I say charged it up, I really mean literally it felt like not only was my deck being charged with the energy that was coming from the totality, yeah. but my body was literally being charged. That's like great. every time I would put on my eclipse glasses and look straight up at the sun, even with the eclipse glasses on, I couldn't actually be making contact with the sun for very long because I felt like this 
I can only describe it by making a noise. I felt this like like coming through my chest into the rest of my body. Um, And so that that energy that I was feeling in my body was going into my deck. Um, And so it was kind of a strange situation to have it be working with a new tarot deck in. And there were points where I felt kind of like, why, why did I bring this deck that I don't know anything about (laughs) with me to this experience? Like I should have a deck that I know, but I'm glad that I did because I actually feel a lot more trust with this deck now. Exactly. (laughs) I love that. Well, and I, I love that. I wanted to slow that down because I think of, you know, I travel with three decks and one of the first things I do when I land anywhere is set up my travel altar And the travel altar is basically these decks and a few items that really are meaningful for me that are also tied to the different elements of this planet, right? Earth, fire, um, air, water, and often metal as well. And I think about, and you know, it's like I lay down a cloth, I put my tarot deck down, I create the altar. And then I also will, when I go to an event that has an altar, I will often add my tarot deck to that altar And I think of it as it's charging up with the best intentions, the good energy, like, you know, the prayers that people are putting into it and the longing, right? Like, I think so much of what a tarot or an altar is about is like, what is it we're longing for? And then how are we generating collective longing and collective grounding, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, oh, it's not just us here. Um, It's not just us alone on this planet, like wandering around with our brains trying to figure things out. Um, You know, there's this interconnectedness of all of us. And, you know, it's so funny to be coming out of the Star Wars experience, but it's like, oh, that that thing about the force is such a, to me, such a beautiful way of understanding that like interconnected energy. Um, But it's also like, oh, there's gods, there's goddesses, there's powers that be. And there's a way that we have to humble ourselves to those powers and so I often think of it as like oh, I'm going to put this on the altar and humbling myself because I'm like I'm not it's, you know this tarot deck even the wisdom that comes through it is not only for me it's only about me yeah. it's how I'm tapping into some larger truths that are happening um, so if I was advising someone I'm like and when I do guided people they're like how do I get started I'm like you need a tarot deck and you need to let it charge up, yeah. you know, and you need to recognize that every time you touch it, you're bringing a charge to it. You're bringing mm-hmm. an energy to it. So on this, actually, like how tarot is structured, like kind of basic structures of tarot that feel important to share with people is you kind of have the major arcana and then you have four suites or suits. You suits. call it suits. <laughs> I'm like, sweet. Sweet. No, I'm like, that's baby. a different room, honey. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the major arcana, which tend to be these large archetypal, big emotions or big feelings or big things like strength, yeah. death, lovers, you know, the empress that, you know, it's yeah. like these sort of big core, either personalities or big core movements and moments in life. Mm-hmm. And then the series highly symbolic, highly symbolic. Mm-hmm. And um, very, I think of them as like very strong cards. Like often if I get that early in a reading, I'm like, okay, like mm-hmm. this feels like it's centering or grounding the read and I'm, I'm building around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the four suits, which are lined up with the elements of the earth. Mm-hmm. And um, inside of each of those suits, it moves from the ace of the suit, which is the bottom of the suit, all the way up to whatever the, the it's like through the numbers. And then it has four cards that are kind of like royalty cards, face cards, something like that. Mm-hmm. And depending on the deck and depending on their commitment to liberating theologies or whatever, <laughs> um, you know, some of them are straight up like, you know, you're the Jack or the, the, the queen, the king. But then there's other variations on that that I really enjoy mm-hmm. um, that, you know, visionary architect traveler yeah. is, are some of the ones that are in my, the deck I'm going to be using for today's read, the mm-hmm. slow holler deck, which I love. Um, How do you use it? Like, do you use it on a daily basis, a weekly basis, special reads? Like, kind of what's your actual practice at this point? Well, so my practice at this point is that I tend to, I tend to now go to my deck more on like a weekly or biweekly basis for a particular, a particular issue or particular relationship. I was for a long time in a daily practice of pulling a card in the morning and a card in the evening. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was working with my Wildwood Tarot. And, um, and with that same deck, I would also do really major spreads, like major, major spreads, <laughs> like, you know, like sort of spreads that were spreads in the shape of like a bow and arrow and like <laughs> pathway spreads and awesome. like all these crazy spreads, um, that were, I mean, uh, and I love doing that too. Yeah. And where were you learning your spreads? Um, well, I worked at first with that book, 
with with the book that came with the deck, it gave a lot of guidance around different spreads that were used for different types of decisions or challenges. And then I just started creating spreads in shapes that I liked. I love um, that. Or like I, I remember when I was in Croatia, um, like a couple of years ago, I... I met this amazing person and we like had this deep immediate connection. And so we decided to do like tarot readings for each other. And I did this like um, four generations back spread for him where it was like I gave I did a card for ancestors like four generations back, three generations back, two generations back, his parents and then a card for him. Wow. And (laughs) like, you know what I mean? So I was, so I got with that deck, I got really wild around like what I would do with this once because I got so intimate with it, you know? Um, but so I've been really easing in with the wild unknown. Yes. yes, You know, so I like, I'll, I'll do, I often with the wild unknown, I'll do like, um, and this is another, the guidebook that comes with this deck has some really beautiful suggestions for, um, what to ask and how to do readings. Um, and, um, you know, like the card a day reading the past, present, future reading the clarity spread, which is actually one of my favorites because you pull, um, one card. Like if you're, if you're in a situation where you're needing clarity, you pull one card that represents like the overall situation. And then the second, third and fourth cards that you pull in no particular order basically represent other things that are kind of impacting or influencing other factors influencing the situation. Nice. So one of the things I really like about one of the things I like about like the multiplicity of spreads that are possible with tarot decks is that like you can kind of go anywhere you want. You can structure it for yourself and and it most most of the tarot decks that I work with now really encourage you to be nonlinear. Yeah. with the and which is actually hard to do yep. in a tarot deck because yes. like the way it's the deck <laughs> yep. itself is quite you know it has yeah. like a there's a linear functionality to particularly like the meaning of like the two through ten exactly <laughs> you know like what I mean you're going on a journey, you're going on a journey like five if you pull a five of of any Anything. suit it means something yeah. And it means something particular to five, regardless of what suit you're in. Is it's like, well, it's like everything's about to go crazy. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> you know? so, and by the time you reach 10, it's sort of like, oh, like, you're reaching some fulfillment, fulfilling, you know, yeah. abundant energy. You can, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what awesome. about you? So you have your, uh, that, and this is actually a question I've been wanting to ask you for a while, that you have this daily movement tarot practice that you do where you pull these cards and then you post them on Instagram and Facebook and like tons of people are following them. I'm wondering if, it does that also serve as your daily practice or do yeah. you have another way that you're practicing that's more intimate and, and yeah. that you're not sharing publicly? Yeah, so I I think when I was first pulling it, it was just like, you know, we need guidance. We need guidance. And I was pulling a card a day and sometimes it would be just one card I would pull. And sometimes, and then I realized I was like, I don't want my life energy to be, um, overly influencing what's happening for this movement pull. Like Uh I actually want to learn to hold that distinction. So then I started to make sure that I pull for myself first Mm. or that I'm clear and not seeking guidance so that I can, you know, like on, cause like some days I'm like, I really need to know this. Then I pull for myself first, and then I do the movement tarot. Other days I'll wake up and I'm like, I'm feeling very clear. Um, actually, it's often the days, if I wake up and I meditate, by the time I get to the tarot read, I'm usually like, okay, just what is the movement, yeah. you know, what does the movement read? And then um, I usually also will pull something for myself on a given day. And then I, I'm a big, like I really like to use it for past, present, future of a certain situation. Mm. I do a lot of relationship spreads, and I've started doing readings for other people. And uh, kind of random. I mean, like people just will randomly reach out and be like, hey, yeah. could you do this for me real quick? You know, and like it's not I haven't gotten to a place where I'm like, come to my house and I will do this often, right. <laughs> you know. Um, and it but I really. Like, yes, with everything. In but I do. Um, I'm really inspired by the people who do do that. And mm-hmm. like anything else, I really think that there's all there's practice and there's craft and. I want to hold the distinction between those. So for me, I'm, you know, I started in 2012. So I'm five years in, almost six years in now to practicing, right? And um, it began as my own personal daily practice. And I wanted to make sure I was good at it before I was doing it for others. Mm -hmm. And then I think in 2015, 
was the first time I was like, okay, I'll do a one card draw first for other people yeah. like at a party. And then I started moving to like, I can do a three card, card draw and I trust my deck and I trust the tarot and realizing like, it's not about whether I trust myself. It's like, I just have to get myself out of the way and the tarot will do its work. Um, so that's been exciting. So those are the main ways that I mm-hmm. use it right now. Um, the thing that I've gotten away from for a while I was like obsessively doing relationships friends like every like with every dynamic in my life like I'd be like that person was just disrespectful to me a little bit let me just pull four cards and see what I you know oh Oh, exactly that's what I thought was gonna happen so (laughs) I started to pull back a little bit from that because I think you know just like you can over pull you can over pull a deck exactly and I was like I I'm I'm and I'm also like I just want to be really clear I was not being clear in my questions I was just like tell me read this person so I think that there's a way that I started to pull back from that to be like you know uh, (laughs) to be like hey what is it what do I really need to go to this med what is this medicine actually for yes and doing the movement tarot resistance tarot has evolved also. So when I first started, it was just one card every every day. Mm-hmm. And I would think about what had happened the day before. I would think a lot about what is the news that we're dealing with right now or up against right now, and how are we going to get through this news. So I would look at what's happening in the world. And there were certain days where it's like, you know, oh, this massive shooting just happened. Or the ban, this Muslim ban just dropped. Or the trans, you know, it's like different mm-hmm. pieces of news that I was like, how... This is overwhelming for us. We actually don't have a clear way to respond to this and to move, you know, to move clearly towards like, here's our powerful response that is centered in what we're moving towards and longing for. So to me, using the tarot in those moments has been a way to say, we're not on our own, but we do need to face this stuff. And sometimes the tarot will keep it real in a way that I might not during that day. Like yeah. I might be like, let's keep our heads up. And the tarot's like, you need to drop your ego. Yeah. Or this is a time to grieve and to wallow and to feel that sorrow or something else. Um, and so that has felt important. And then I've started doing, on Saturdays, I do the Saturday spread. Mm-hmm. That's like, what was the past week all about? What's this weekend for? And then what is next week about? Mm-hmm. And then on Sundays. What's a weekend? What's a weekend anyway? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really think that like making the distinction of like time is passing and there's yes. what's already behind us that we can't do anything about. There's this time which we can use to restore, regenerate, really t- turn and pivot. And then there's something coming. Yeah. Right. We can't get too stuck in what just happened. We need to figure out how do we take the lessons from it and how do we keep it moving forward? Yeah. Because that's the pace at which our whole world is moving right now. And then on Sundays, I've been doing a relationship spread between the movement and something. So I've done like movement and well, my favorite one was actually movement and like funding. Right. Ah. And being like, how do we do this? But also I've done one on, um, you know, movement and, uh, exhaustion. I just did one on movement and exhaustion and like, Mm. how do we orient in our relationship towards our massive exhaustion? Um, so different things like that. Yeah. I, uh, what, so one thing this lifted up for me that I think something we should just talk about really quickly before we do our readings is the relationship between tarot and prediction. Um, because I think that that's another one of the things that, um, either, people are turning to the tarot for or are resistant to tarot because they think that that's something that it does. And or that they're going to find out something they don't want to know. Oh, God. I hear a lot when of that. When they pull the, like, you know, yes. hanging man or whatever. Yes. Um, or hang, hang, hanged. Hanged man. I was just yes. like, hang man. No, that's the game. Um, <laughs> you got it, girl. You got it. Um, but I think, so one of the things that I... I just want to say about this that I think is important for folks when they're orienting to tarot decks um, is that like (laughs) all things are happening at all times. So it's not (laughs) like the tarot deck is like, this is happening. The tarot deck is more going to point to, here's what you need to pay attention to in the, in the everything that's happening because all possible universes actually do exist in, in, (laughs) <laughs> and all things are actually possible at any given yeah. moment. But here's the here's the either future or potential future that you need to pay attention to. Here's what's happening in the present moment that you need to pay attention to. Or yeah. here's the piece of your past that you need to be working with in yeah. order to navigate what's happening. Yep. So it's really not about actually predicting the future. Um, and I think that that's – and the way in which that can be so wise and true with a deck – 
um, actually loops back to something I wanted to share about my experience doing readings for people, which is a little bit different than yours in that just in the in that I started actually doing readings for people right away for my deck because uh -huh. it helped me learn my deck. Oh, that's great. Um, but uh -huh. one of the things that I would do, I would do it only with like f people that I felt close enough to and, and I could be really like forthright with like, I just got this. I'm just we're learning this yes. together. And what Let I would learn on you. what I would often do, <laughs> though, is tell them that, like, you don't have to tell me what your question is. Yes. You can just hold your question yeah. and we'll sit together and yeah. I'll shuffle the deck and I'll pull cards for you and then yeah. we can and I can read the descriptions to you. I can tell you what I think about yes. this, but I don't need to know what your question is in order for you to get something out of this. That's great. And th those were some of my best experiences doing readings for people was where I didn't know what it was that they were actually struggling with. Oh, that's great. You know what I mean? Well, and I have to say that's actually interesting, too, because I my instinct in tarot reading has often been the opposite of me holding, right? I'm like, I'll say the same thing. I'm like, I don't need to know your question. I don't need to know yeah. that's your private thing. Um, but I will often, like, I'll shuffle the deck, and then I'll hand it to them and be like, okay, you cut it up. Now you shuffle it, put mm -hmm. your touch on it, and you pull it with yeah. your left hand. And a lot of it has just been intuitive for me. I'm just like, oh, this is how it works for me. Right. This is what makes it possible for me to do it and keep the boundaries I need to keep spiritually. Yes. Um, but I love that because I do feel like so many people I re I've met who do the most powerful readings have really developed so intuitively with this practice. Yes. Right. right. So speaking of, should we do a reading Let's for each other? Let's do some readings. So oh, yay. Adrian and I thought what we would do. Okay. We're orienting our listeners again. Um, we thought what we would do. We're so helpful. <laughs> that we would each do a reading for each other from the decks that we're currently using. Okay. Um, and then we're going to, um, in the resistance tarot tradition, we'll somehow figure out a way to use Adrian's deck to, together. Maybe we can do something where like I shuffle and you pull or something yeah. with the, we'll with out. the other deck. Well, we'll with like, this deck, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we can. I have an idea. You have an idea? But we can do it when we get there. <laughs> um, so, um. Do you want to? Do you want me to go first? Do yeah, for you. Read for do me. Read for you. So what we thought we would do is do just a single card that we pull for each other for the coming year. Can you hold my microphone? I got you. Okay, I'm gonna shuffle, and so this will be nice. You guys can hear me. You guys. <laughs> oh no. Our listening, our listeners. <laughs> can... You people of all genders. <laughs> I put it right up to the microphone so you could hear me shuffle. I hope so that that came through. We also grew up playing cards. Um, really intensively. Adrian and I are both very serious spades players. And so one of the things that we had to learn growing up was how to shuffle a deck. And so in a way I, that would not embarrass any of our family members. Not, exactly. Especially our black family. So, <laughs> um, so what's really funny is that I actually shuffle my deck the way I would if I were about to play a game of spades, even though that's not a traditional way to shuffle a tarot deck, but I just, that's gotta, who you I are. Gotta You've got to be me. Gotta be me. As Audre Lorde <laughs> says, I am who I am doing what yes. I came to do. So Shuffling. I'm going to hand this to you so you can cut it. All right. And then I'll shuffle a little bit more. And that's the sound of Adrian cutting. Yeah, she did it. I'm going to hand you my microphone again. I'm going to shuffle a little bit more. Mm. And then I'm going to pull a card for you. Here we go. Adrian Marie Brown. 2018. 2018. What's it gonna be? Okay. Oh. Yay! Yes. <laughs> oh, I love okay. that. Okay. I love that. I just pulled this card for you because I also just pulled this card for like a beloved person in my life, and I am this, the beloved. person. You are the beloved person, and there's this other <laughs> beloved person in my life for whom I pulled this card. Oh. And I also have been pulling this card repeatedly for myself. What? So this card, this is one of those cards for me that comes up again cards. and again. So this card is one of the major arcana of wow. the Wild Unknown Tarot deck. It is called Strength. It is card number 11 of the major arcana. And I'm just going to read to you from the book what this card says about itself. Uh, Adrian, you can hear Adrian's taking a picture. So, um, well, can I describe it while you do that? It's just yes. a gorgeous it's lion, gorgeous. a gorgeous lion with like an infinity symbol on her forehead and the sun shooting out above her head and a rose in her mouth and... And I just have been like directly out. She's at staring you. directly at you, and I've just been feeling so much lion energy lately. So I'm just like, yes. yes. Okay. So can I read this card to you? I'm so this open so my heart. So strength, um, mastery of emotions. Yes, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
is so good uh, because it's so related to everything we've been talking about. Okay. It's common to think of this card as the roaring, devouring side of the lion. But look again. The strength this card suggests is a much deeper force that's found within. The lion represents our most patient, composed self. They are a master of focus, compassion, and self-control. When this card comes up, you're in need of harnessing this power for yourself, girl. Hey! All the courage you need can be found in the muscle known as the heart. Mm. Yes. Yes. Okay, so tell me what this card means to you right now. Um... I don't even need to interpret this card for you. Like, no, I can see you actually know my whole body is just like, yes. <laughs> well, so much of what this year, this coming year is about what I'm articulating and declaring into the universe is really grounding into home and letting home resource my body, letting home resource the work I have to offer. Um, you know, when I say home, meaning Detroit and also meaning the home of my actual body. And mm. I feel like I've been on the run for years like now. Like Beyonce and Jay-Z. Just like Beyonce and Jay-Z. And um, who also, you know, she's a Virgo with a Scorpio moon and she's also been on the move, right? And it's been a time of being on the move for me to move my work, to move my relationships. Everything has been out away. And now it's like, oh, I want the strength of having Detroit under my feet mm-hmm. and I want the strength of having my body be well. And yes. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of courageous moves that I need to be able to make as a facilitator in movement for this next year. Um, things that I'm like, oh, I keep thinking some other, you know, leader or facilitator or someone else is going to like be able to scoop all this mess together and figure it out. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, I have to be willing to step into that. Beautiful, gorgeous mess. Beautiful, gorgeous. I mean, like, I do think it's a beautiful, gorgeous mm-hmm. mess. Right. Um, and I actually am looking around at people who are slightly older slightly younger than me and being like oh there's actually it's us (laughs) you know it's like there's a group of folks who i'm like oh we are paying attention and we want this to feel differently yeah um so for me this feels like oh what a gift that actually the courage to do that is rooted in my heart and rooted in continuing to move from what i love towards what i love and there's so many distractions that can come up, but that idea of like, oh, I'm focusing on love and that's what's going to give me the strength to, to guide, move mm. and heal and, and home. Like I keep using home as a verb, but like I want a home Ooh, this year. Home <laughs> is a verb. Home is a verb. It's really Girl. working for me. Yes. <laughs> High fives. So, High fives. Thank you. That is You're a blessing welcome. of a creed. Oh my God. I love, I love that I just pulled this card for you. I know. I feel I'm, really moved just, by that. But and, and I feel like this is just one of those moments to just highlight this is exactly what the tarot does, right? That like <laughs> exactly. it keeps, there's a reason also that this card keeps emerging for me and keeps emerging for other people in my life, right? That like this is calling something, this is calling to us. Exactly. Like we, like we are being called, we are all being called yeah. to master ourselves. I love that. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. Is you my master now? Yes. Yes, I am for okay. myself. So. Do you want me to hold your, it's your turn. microphone while you shuffle? Like, yeah. how do you how do you do it? So Talk I tend to do it. it like this. Oh, cool! Oh, that's so sweet. I'm like doing that. not a full shuffle, but just sort of like a scooping scoop, motion. Scoop. And scoop, sometimes scoop. when I'm scooping, this happens, which Where a card, a card will pops jump out. out. And I'll often just hold on to it on the side of like, oh, this is a card to tune into and pay attention to. Okay. That was the three um, of branches that So the three of branches just out. jumped out. And if we need it later, we'll come to it. Okay. Um, but mostly it's a way, to me, I take it as the deck being like, eat, pay attention Get to that this. Get that out of the way. And it's not, it's not the heart of things. <laughs> yes. All right. So then I'm going to put the deck here and you're going to cut it. Okay. And you can cut it as many times as you want to, just like you would a spades deck where you thought someone might be cheating. and then can I put it back together and then you put it back together until it's really your pile and now you're going to spread it out Okay, I'm going to move the zoom over here onto the futon (laughs) and the the one request I have is that you use your left hand when you actually pull your card out and you can be sitting holding your I'm using my right hand right now you're using your right hand now that's (laughs) I can't believe you just asked that. That's oh my great. God, no, this is an actual I mean, thing. Wonderful. I'm one of those people who has to like lift up the hands to do the, the L. L. I am too, but I just think I still think I'm so alone in that. Yeah, no, you're not alone. <laughs> Maybe our parents didn't teach us something. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right. Okay. So, and again, it's 2018, right? This 2018. is a, a for the year. 
Oh. <laughs> awesome. So Autumn has pulled so the fledgling. And the fledgling is the, fledgling the very first be... card in the deck, the fool. Yes, it's the yes, fool. Yes, it's the fool. And um, in this deck, it's a little creature in red walking through what appears to be an entire starry night in nature with just their little flashlight guiding the way. And, and it's okay. So can I describe a little bit about absolutely. this? Absolutely. So what's fascinating about this card, and I've never, you know, so the slow holler deck is also the deck that I have the biggest crush on. Oh, I didn't say that. So yeah. I'm using the slow holler deck. Yeah. I think it is. I'm in love what, with this I think deck. it is such an amazing deck. It's by a group of queer Southern artists and writers, mm. and many of whom I keep finding out that I know. And I'm like, what? You, you did, did this? this? I love it so much. That's so good. And it's gorgeous. So this card, so this person is walking across like this grassy space that also appears to be floating among the stars, is holding a flashlight um, is walking in these like amazing high tops where the laces are totally undone and are like flying away behind them. Yes. They have a red backpack on um, and something is like tied to the top of the backpack. It looks like it might be a roll of papers. Mm -hmm. um, and what's amazing about the image, I don't know how the artist pulled this off, but the, the fledgling appears to be facing both toward the the person who's looking at the card like they both their body appears to both be facing away and toward you yes at the same time it's incredible it's it really looks incredible like they have the roll on their backs and their fronts and yeah yeah so can i read you a little bit about what this Please card says it to me. trust your adventurous <laughs> self start over remember your innocence mock and play be spontaneous risk looking foolish trust your path take a plunge Leap before you look. And there's a longer description. I'm just going to read you a sentence of it. Mm -hmm. When you work with the fledging, you're able to embrace the impulsive freedom of doing the unexpected and bucking social norms while reconnecting with your innate innocence and ability to trust. Your resources are boundless. The fledgling appreciates the newness of the journey more than the destination. Even when the path is dark, the fledgling trust that they have just enough light to guide their adventures. Whatever happens next will be part of a new story. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about what this feels like it means for you for your 2018? So what's so intense about this card is that, so as you know, I just had completed this pretty intense experience of like finishing uh, first draft of my manuscript of my novel. Your masterpiece. Your masterpiece. Um, that I've been working on since 2010. So it was like a seven, it's been a seven year long process to get to this point. Sacred number. Um, it is a sacred number. And so the manuscript is at a point where I'm about to send it out to a small cohort of people who are my readers. And then I'm going to... <laughs> I'm actually not sending I it know. to you. I um, just raised my hand and she rejected I'm me as she does every time I tell her I want to read and, it. And, and no one else in the family is either, including like Genjo's. I'm also not letting him read it first. Um, We're I not had, the same person. I know. I know you're not the same person. Anyway. As my partner. But... <laughs> But I'm just literally an overeager fan. I, you point. are. And I so, love and I want you to read it. I wouldn't it. be able to probably give good feedback. I want you to read yeah. it. And I need the feedback to come from people who are like not like so salivating. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> or who are just like not like so like blinded by their love for me. So um, <laughs> and that did work as a. Yes. I feel pacified. You feel pacified. But <laughs> so I, I finished this. I'm about to be, you know, trying to put this work out into the world. And it does feel like mm. I'm about to step off into this total, like, void of the unknown of, like, I'm going to be a fiction writer now, question mark. Who in has public. A, you know, in public. And, um, and I think I mentioned to you that I went through this incredible spiritual uh, practice uh, weekend with Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams oh, in October, yeah. um, who is just dynamite and <laughs> incredible. Um, we should maybe try to have her on the show. I think we could do that. I think we could do that because um, she loves us. And <laughs> um, and um, I felt something really come unhinged in me during that weekend, not in a bad way, but really in like a, I feel something fundamentally changing in me in terms of like, 
who I'm going to be in the world, who I'm going to be in the work that I do. And it's been a little bit frightening to be like, I don't know what this means, but it's helpful to look at this card and remember like I like I started working as a facilitator in 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. And I basically just stepped out there and was like, I do this. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> this did. This is what I do. Yes. Like I just created a facilitation practice because I knew I was gifted at it. And I was like, this is what I have to offer. And I just build it from the ground up, right? Yep. That like the ability to do it, I just built it yep. for myself over time. And this is this moment for me, right? The fledgling moment of saying, it's time for me yeah. to step off the cliff and be like, I do this now. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know what the this is yet. Yeah. It may be like now I write science fiction or it may be something else. Like there's some yeah. there's something else that's yeah, coming yeah, for yeah. me and I can feel it. And so uh, I totally feel like this person who's looking both um, backwards and forwards. Well, and I love the fool, the fledgling, like the cycle of the major arcana because it feels like you do start always, the fool is always the beginning. There's so much wisdom in the fool and so much uh, pure joy, pure love, pure curiosity, like pure yeah. moving towards life. Right. And you go through this entire journey, you end at the world and then you cycle right back to the fool. And so it also, it really is a way of saying, oh, there's some completion also that you've experienced. Yes. And now you're ready for being a fool again, getting to be new again and have yeah. beginner's mind. And actually to me, it's such a gift and such an indication. Oh make sure I celebrated that because I completed something yes. it's I can celebrate that and that celebratory energy will carry forward into this yes. next endeavor and I really feel like you know there's a thing that it's happening for me right now where um you know talk about like tarot and astrology and spiritual practice yeah. from Saturn just made this major move from being in from being in Sagittarius to being in Capricorn for the last three years to yeah. be in Capricorn and Sagittarius is my sun sign Indeed and it is. almost all of the home like seven <laughs> of my planets are in Sagittarius Girl. and it's in my house of like intimate partnerships and yes. so I've had I have the last three years of my life have been incredibly serious years yes. in which I've had to grow up so fast and be the most mature person that I could be in order to get through the things that I was being put through by the world. Yeah. And it's really, I, f I have felt the shift yes. really powerfully of like, like I, that Saturn is all about structure and I feel the structure just sort of like, like a scaffold. I get to like knock off now yes. and be like, all right, I got built up. Yep. And now I'm functional. Yes. And now let me see what I can go do with this new functional body that yeah, like yeah, just yeah. got built up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no. And then it's a spiritual body. Then it's, it's a like spiritual it's a spiritual body. body. Exactly. It's a it's wisdom like, body. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm. Fantastic. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm going to take a picture of it. That's also part of my practice when I read for people is I make a little like basically a Google Doc of oh uh, pictures of here's all the cards I pulled for you and here's what they mean. Oh, I like that. Um, so why don't you shuffle? And at some point, we'll have to go back to the three of branches. I just want to look at yeah. the book and see what You know what's so about. exciting is I know that there are people, like tarot readers out there who are just sitting there like, I know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, like people listening to something, like, I don't know what the three of branches Girl, is. you need to check that three of branches out. out. No, we'll, we'll get okay, to so it. I but okay, you should start shuffling. And I just want to tell folks the next deck that we're going to use for the movement um, tarot deck, the movement read, is called The Shrine of the Black Medusa. And I love this deck. It's created by an artist and a poet and just creative soul named Casey Lynn Rocheteau, who is um, a black human being living in Detroit and just humble and dope and cool. And it's collages, like these radically black, gorgeous collages. And then I love that the descriptions are like, one sentence descriptions that are just like boom here it is so like one of my favorite cards in the entire deck is the hermit card and the description is like you know how you don't hear from beyonce until she's good and ready to come and snatch your edges get like that center that ass <laughs> right like it's like that's the whole read and that's what you need to know that's the hermit right so this is that deck and autumn has shuffled it and now i'm gonna spread it out and for 2018, for our movements, for social justice and environmental justice, right relationship with each other and the planet, what do we need? What do we need? What do we need? What do we need? 
Adrian is hovering her hand over the deck. Kind of feel like this. Ooh. Oh. All right. So we've pulled Eon. Eon. Which in this deck is the world card. Fuck yes! <laughs> oh it's like God. it's like everything. So, so Eon, this is the end of it's almost the end of the it's almost so, the end of the tarot. It's journey. like the universe is next. Mm-hmm. This is the Eon card. It goes this. Criticism is a gift. You must look at yourself and your past honestly with forgiveness. Entering into an era where you are the sun of your own solar system. And this is for our movement. Right? Right? This This is is for for our our movement. movement. So immediately hit for me is I've been thinking of this as like 2018 needs to be the year where we really get into deep practice of transformative justice in a real way. Mm -hmm. Of being able to say like we're going to critique each other. And we need to find ways of creating accountable movement space that's not about tearing each other down or canceling each other or kicking each other out, but instead really holding that, like, you get to be here. We all get to be here, Mm -hmm. but you have to be willing to say, hey, here's some of what's gone on in my past. Here's what I've learned from it. Here's what I know I'm not going to repeat. Here's the apologies that I owe, and I'm ready to do the work, Mm -hmm. right? And that the work cannot be just tearing each other down. Like, that's actually not a job that we need to have filled in movement. Right. There's no job description for it and there's no paycheck for it. And there's a reason for that is like that's actually not a position we need filled. But what we absolutely need filled is people who are willing to be like, I'm going to be honest. I'm not perfect, but I've been doing my work and I will continue doing my work to show Mm. up here. And this piece around forgiveness, um, not in the like, oh, just forgive and forget and just get past it. But really like. Let's turn and look together at how we have let ourselves be in patriarchy, be in capitalism, Mm. be in toxic masculinity, be in transphobia. Let's look at how we have allowed this to be inside of our movements and how do we generate forgiveness towards each other alongside of, in partnership with accountability. Oh, I love that. So, yeah, a couple things. One is. This line entering into an era where you are the sun of your own solar system, the call there for our movement to be willing to be the light that is shining on the rest of the world and yeah. saying, we know, we know how to be life-giving. Yes. <laughs> and we will be life-giving. Yeah. And, we, and not only will we be life-giving, but we will last forever. Yes. Like that is a very powerful call for like how do we move out of like a movement trajectory and a movement like a historical understanding of movement that is really rooted in everything we've lost and how much has been disappeared into like everything how 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 much we have won and how we continue to win and how we continue to burn and how we continue to give life and how we continue to like exist against everything else right? right um so that's really beautiful and powerful it's like what if we just reframed our whole understanding of what it means to be a social movement um and i jumped to say it was the world it's more the awakening card it's like mm, what awakening awakening, which is also like oh humble yourselves everyone who thinks you're already woke like we are all awakening which makes sense because like the so the image on this card is also really incredible there's like a the top of the card is um a pyramid a pyramid but like a um uh 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 What's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, um, I visited this place, uh, oh, Chichen Itza style yes. pyramid, right? Um, like Yucatan Peninsula style pyramid, not yeah. like a Egyptian style pyramid. Yeah. Um, so it's a pyramid, but it's a pyramid that's like rising out of a face that's breaking in half. Yeah. Um, so the, the face is like coming apart as though it, it was like built to open. Yes. And then out of that opening is rising this like pyramid. And so there's this interesting thing that's like, Um, definitely there's like that indication of like, um, the wisdom that is needed is already inside you. You just have to be willing to like open, open yourself, but also like separate from self in order to access it. And then, and then, but still, oh, but look, the wisdom still requires us to fucking climb. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You You need to grow. And you know, something, this piece around you are the sun of your own solar system. There's something else in here that I want to pull up, which I think maybe it's an Aesop fable, but there's this old story about how the sun and the wind had a fight and they were fighting over, there was like this little boy walking and they were trying to say who was more powerful. And they decided that 
whoever could get the boy, he had a coat on, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, whoever can get the boy to remove his coat is the more powerful. And the wind blew and blew and blew and blew. And the boy just pulled his coat tighter and tighter and right. tighter and tighter. But the sun just shone and was itself. And eventually the boy got so warm that he pulled that coat off. And <clears throat> I uh. love this also as a fable for our movements right now. Is like, we've got some blustery shit going down with <laughs> the entire world right. both literally like hurricanes moving through this planet but Fires. also like exactly but also like on a political level there's mm-hmm. so much just hot air and bullshit and wind blowing 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 and yeah. trying to convince people of things that are just patently not true and not going to allow us to have a future and instead of joining in that wind and adding to all that mess how do we be the sun how do we yes. be a deep light, a warmth, a home, like something, you know, how do we be that way in ourselves? And I just love this place of returning, a place of returning, Mm -hmm. a place of comfort, a place of like, I don't need to be guarded and shielded. I don't Mm -hmm. need to be hidden. I can be my whole self. Yes. Right. So, that's very exciting. Oh, that was such a good. Go oh, movement. 2018 is going to be so movement. good for our movement. <laughs> and I'll take a picture of this one yes, too. We can put all these maybe all up on our on our website with this episode. Oh yeah, did you get a picture of the strength card? I did. Okay. Um, and maybe I'll take some more, but wow, this was so fun to do with you, Autumn. Thank I really you enjoyed it. For this reading that you did for me. Thank you for and you letting for me, me do a reading for you. It's such an intimate honoring thing too mm-hmm. to to share readings especially amongst friends and, and loved ones yeah. and beloveds and beloveds yeah all the different types of people that we love exactly <laughs> and there's so many there's so many ways and to love, love people thanks for listening to our show we are on twitter and instagram at end of the world pc we're also on facebook at end of the world show you can also make a sustaining donation to our show by visiting our page at patreon.com slash end of the world show um, it is really true that another thing that's really helpful that you can do to help us sustain the show is to write a review on Apple Podcasts if you're an iPhone person. Thank you for doing that. And How to Survive the End of the World is produced and edited by the incomparable and beloved Zach Rosen. Music for today's show comes from Tunde Alaniran and Blue Dot Sessions.